that's where I really um, started. And I really felt overweight challenge. It's looking for more than just that ward nursing type of work. And I didn't know anyone who was doing remote work. So I just, that Alice Springs was really where I could see what I wanted. Hello, and welcome to a Nurse Outwear podcast. My name is Danielle Corza, and I have been a rural and remote nurse for most of my career. I created this podcast as an opportunity to explore and celebrate and perhaps spark some interest in rural and remote nursing. Each week, we'll meet with some of the extraordinary nurses who live and work in rural and remote areas across Australia, as they tell their story about all that is beautiful and unique to rural and remote nursing. So join with me as we explore the stories from a nurse out where. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of A Nurse Out Where. Uh, my next guest is a clinical registered nurse and she's working in phase one clinical trials. She's also an educator at TAFE Queensland in Brisbane. She's got a strong interest in primary health, nursing education, nursing policy and research. And she's passionate about cultural safety, nursing ethics, nursing leadership and scholarships within the nursing profession. Welcome Sam Petrick, how are you going? Hi, very well, Danielle. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it took a fair bit of nudging to get you to come on board, so I'm pleased you finally caved. <laughs> I thought that was setting confidence. Um, but yeah, you did nudge me. And um, yeah, I'm really happy to be here and share some experiences um, with you and, and your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it says in your bio that you're doing phase one clinical trials. What what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty um, niche area of nursing. So a lot of people don't understand what a clinical trial is, um, but I'll just give a little bit of a rundown. So um, everyone knows Panadol. Yep. Someone on the market or an organisation or a business, more likely, will say, I want to make Panadol, but... Um, Uh, change the chemical structure slightly or change the name or need a new patent. So the way that they do that um, is to give it to healthy people first. Yeah. So to give it to all these healthy people and then see if they get any reactions in the adverse events. So I work in the inpatient unit. We can have up to to 50 people in there with multiple different studies going on at the same time. And it's a very unusual place, I guess, as a remote area nurse in where I have a lot of freedom in my day um, to kind of fit my tasks in, whereas this job is very specific. All my time in the day is allocated. So imagine I have to be somewhere at like 10.01, 10.03, 10.10, and we all work through these task pads. So at first I didn't know what what the heck to do. I came from all this freedom and then I now um, have a very... Uh, kind of rigid um, role and everyone is healthy so we don't we're not doing bed sponges we're not giving people metformin and like doing sugar levels it's nothing like that it's all healthy people for the most part Um, and our biggest problem as a nurse is really managing people being like hangry right angry and being confined and isolated um, so that is probably the biggest um, 
part to deal with people's expectations. So I've learned a lot about what it would mean for a healthy person to put themselves into this kind of situation um, and how we manage them in inpatient unit. But in this uh, place, a lot of the staff have a lot of fun because we often are having competing priorities all the time with different trials. So in some trials, we um, give people malaria. Wow. Wow. And, and we um, give them uh, wait until their parasite level reaches a certain level. Yep. And then we rescue them with the investigational product. Yeah. And so it's a completely different world where you watch this kind of deterioration of people on purpose. It's like yeah. front nursing. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Wow, that blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. And have you ever, you know, created Spider-Man? No. <laughs> but often we do say, oh, you might be radioactive after this. Like we just have a bit of laugh with the participants. Um, have you grown that extra limb yet? No, you haven't. Oh, okay, right. Uh, okay. I'll just document that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so oh, that's wow. what phase one is. And phase two is giving it to a bigger population um, and also targeting specific populations. Yeah. So all that COVID and stuff. Um, like those COVID vaccines had to go through this exact process. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. So, and yeah, oh, I could nearly run down that rabbit hole for a while talking about the the COVID vaccines and how how that even come about and you know creating it and you know oh, yeah, amazing. Wow. Very interesting. And also, we give a very small amount to people. Okay. So there's a classic um, classic trial that it was for weight loss fantastic everyone wants to be on this trial because yeah. they're getting this um, <laughs> sign me up <laughs> oh it's so funny and um it was funny because we only give like uh one one hundredth of the dose like a very small part of the dose maybe not exactly one one hundredth in this trial um but a very small quantity and you don't get weight loss from taking a very small amount like that. So that was not an effect, which was um, felt by those participants. Um, so we do have a lot of laughs in the in our workplace. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, that's really cool. I'm, yeah, I'm sure you know. You hear, as you say, you hear about clinical trials and you hear about these things happening. But I don't, I don't know that I've ever thought about how nursing is involved in that and how you would even fall into a job like that. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Good. So we've we've kind of run off the tangent a little bit, but um, uh, you know, the podcast is called A Nurse Out Where. So from your perspective, when you were working in rural and remote, or even now, can you finish the sentence on a nurse out where? Uh, well, I was inspired by Maria on two podcasts ago. Uh -huh. So um, I'm a nurse out where the desert meets the ocean. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, yeah. very nice. And you and I have worked with Maria or you more more have worked with Maria than I have. So um, that's how we're all kind of connected and how I persuaded you to come on board. <laughs> so um, so why did you want to work in rural and remote? Where did that interest come from? I think I've uh, always been a bit adventurous in uh, the decisions that I've made, especially in regards to my career. So I was just thinking back, like it's such a great question. Because I was thinking back, thinking, how did I even get in this? You know, what was the first steps? And I remember uh, in my um, 
undergraduate program, I went to um, the University of Technology in Sydney mm -hmm. and I did a mental health elective. And I petitioned the, the nursing faculty to let me go to Alice Springs right. for mental health in the emergency department. And you wouldn't believe it. They said yes, but I had to, <laughs> um, <laughs> I had to do it fully funded. And my facilitator was in New South Wales, so I had no support. And they were they would give me um, like a, a mentor or a buddy because I was really a third year undergrad. Yeah. So I couldn't do too much. And I had a really fascinating experience. I was just there for two weeks. And coming from Sydney, what a mind, uh, like my mind was really blown and opened. Yeah. Why, why did you want to go to Alice Springs? Did you just throw a dart and see what happened? Or did you like, you went I, from Sydney to I'm going to Alice Springs? I heard in like my friend group, it's like a really cool place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's got a vibe. So I was thinking, yeah, how do I get over there? And that's how I got over there for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I had that um, adventurous spirit, but also... I love looking for scholarships and things. So um, ACN, Australian College of Nursing, is really great for that. So I managed to do my new grad program and things like that in the city. And then I got another opportunity through ACN and they had a scholarship for nurses who want to try remote but don't have the experience. So again, I picked Alice Springs and off I went. And I went there for a month for this full paid scholarship this time. Yep. And um, I stayed there and I got a job there um, for six months. And I thought, yeah, and that's where I really met nurses who I thought, wow, you guys are like, I would see them. They wouldn't even be dressed in scrubs. Oh, here's a nurse from somewhere, you know, she's, she's coming with the patient. And I think, wow, she just looks like she's going to Woolies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the thing is, they, I felt like those nurses had an air about them. There was yeah. something that I was attracted to by them being in this um, very busy um, hospital. Yeah, and yeah, so wow. that's where I really um, started. And I really felt it will be a challenge. Yep, yep. Um, looking for more than just that ward nursing type of work. And I didn't know anyone who was doing remote work. So I just, that Alice Springs was really where I could see what I wanted. Yeah. yeah, my vision, my vision appears. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you must have some some tales to tell about your time out in remote um, areas, but you know, obviously, we need to maintain our confidentiality. But have you got a funny tale or a fond memory of your time? Um, I will talk about my first time that I ever went remote. So I went with an agency, and they said. Um, it was very far away from Sydney. I'm just going to put that out there. You know, it was very far away from home. And as other people have said on your podcast, um, getting on this small kind of Rex flight um, or even a smaller um, plane to get out there. And I was arriving quite late at night, which I, I thought was quite late, 7.30. Yep. <laughs> 7.30 I arrived. And I said to the clinic, well, who, who will pick me up? And they said, oh, just look for a guy uh, with a beard and some tattoos. And I was like, okay, great. So I did arrive and there's this burly guy that has <laughs> a very big beard and tattoos. And he's like, hi, um, 
I'm your other nurse. And yep. I was like, oh, well, there we go. So um, in this particular town, we the shop closed at 8 o'clock. And I only have I only have Vodafone. So first of all, I lost all my internet reception. Yeah. I didn't realize that all my bills have been paid from my account because I just assumed that I could use my phone and therefore transfer money across. So all of a sudden I had no um, internet, no cell phone service. And I had then by the time I got to the shop, 10 minutes to buy food. Yep. And so I, we did all that. Yep, 10 minutes. What the heck? Okay, essential items, of course, like um, pack of chips, um, <laughs> pack of chips um, some old potatoes, some chocolate to get me through the night. I'm not quite sure what's <laughs> happening. Um, and then we just drove into the darkness on this highway for hours. And we arrived about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And he dropped me off and he said, okay, I'll see you in the clinic tomorrow. And I said, I have no idea where I am, you know? And um, he's like, that's all right. Someone will come pick you up tomorrow. And um, I went inside and locked all my doors because I was quite frightened. I had no idea what it would be like to be in the Aboriginal community at all. And I felt like, um, what a way to kind of start, you know, the, yeah. smell, the, the smells are different, but the feeling is different. Yep. I'm not used to like these sounds that I'm hearing, like, oh my gosh, what's happening outside, outside out my window. Um, but I did get picked up in the morning. I survived the night and um, I went, I met one of the health practitioners and I asked him, um, where is the closest cinema? Because I have, a, um, I understood where I was, but I also didn't in some way so I asked him where's the closest cinema and he never laughed so hard in that first <laughs> moment after I knew him for a few years and he just said um 800 kilometers love you know you're so far away from home you're not in Sydney anymore and he yeah. laughed and laughed and, laughed. <laughs> and uh, he would not let me forget that over the years oh remember when you said <laughs> never live it down never let it down about the cinema. <laughs> that is like so ridiculous and actually um i went back to that community many times and then ended up um moving there permanently and then really understanding um what it was like what the cinema where the cinema was what i could do because i was still attached to my my city life yeah yeah so um that's just one one example of me just arriving there as a single non-Indigenous female and going, what the heck is going on here? Yeah. Um, but surviving, which was awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be really, you know, it can be really intimidating, but, you know, in the cover of darkness can make it all that more anxious. So um, when, when you ended up there permanent, did you have other nurses that would turn up in a similar situation to you? Like, or was that a, a one-off kind of um that was more of a one-off I feel like you were just lucky probably, <laughs> uh would have the nurse come on an earlier flight pick up in daytime hours or pick up with someone with a uniform on um yeah. or pick up but it just happened in that kind of in that kind of way um for me yeah but obviously it made a really huge impact um and although it's not nice to be embarrassed and like made fun of it was also um nice for to put my my walls down 
yeah like think oh gosh like why did I say that what an idiot but then it builds some trust and some communication with people like word might have got around town that oh there's a city nurse here she got no idea so, <laughs> <laughs> you know and I yeah. think in the end it was it was a good thing um, yeah. there are many stories many many stories yeah yeah so what would be some of the the things that you miss when you were out there you know you said you missed your silly life and the cinema that is that the sort of things that you would miss while you're out there yeah I missed being spontaneous yeah like things you know like late night pancakes how good is the pancake house if you have one where you live <laughs> that late night pancake house 24 7 it's it's fantastic even just going to mcdonald's and getting whatever food you want i'm i love food so that was <laughs> a part of my life um also um the other things like meeting up with friends um, and also sharing my experience. So I'm having all these experiences and I can't share them. Like I can share them with my words, but I can't show them. Yeah. Um, so over, over the years, I ended up bringing friends out and that was really nice to get permission to bring them out um, so that I could actually share these things with people that I knew. Um, also, I love swimming. So uh, the community did have a small pool, but it wasn't enough to do laps. Um, so I really miss that part as well. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, we've already talked a bit about the, you know, sometimes you can get a bit anxious, et cetera, and th it is rewarding, but also really challenging. Um, how do you look after your own mental health or how do you look after yourself in these types of situations? Uh, I learned to take more, like taking a long weekend is really helpful. Um, because I was working first as eight, eight on and two weeks, eight weeks on and two weeks off. Eight weeks on and two weeks off. Far out. In another community, they did 10 weeks on and two weeks off. And I have to tell you that we all got wobbly, as it was called. Yeah. We were a bit wobbly, wobbly with each other, wobbly with the Webster packs. Like, oh, <laughs> my gosh cold chain wobbly with the cold chain yeah. fridge <laughs> no nescafe wobbly about that and you know <laughs> um i found personally 10 weeks really too long yeah really too yeah. long and eight weeks as well in um in this community also was too long because it was uh where i was was a lot of people would come there including non-indigenous people um, as a stopover so we always had a lot of people who were there on the way to somewhere yep and so that uh, although it was good it also increased more stress more demands on our time um so um i also will call the chronoplus mental health hotline and yep. talk to the psychologist there um you really i found i really needed to get what was happening for me out and I felt much better about that. Um, but oftentimes there wouldn't be a resolution. So you'd go and get that kind of weekend and you'd come back and you'd still be feeling something. So um, I think that's probably the hardest part because the work kind of at times can, um, it can stack. Yep. You're like stacking things. Oh, I remember what happened last Monday and that I'm tying that to last month. And then, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it kind of goes on like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're exactly right. And then once you start to get tired and fatigued, that stacking can exacerbate everything. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went to a community with a partner. I've done it twice, actually. And I remember I had a, such a bad day with my partner that morning. And I thought, gosh, I do not want to go to work with you in this clinic today. <laughs> and there was another nurse there. And uh, he said, love, you just have to get over it. Like, you can't come to work like, like this. You, you can't. You have to somehow build resilience to to manage that so that was really hard in a much smaller community to work with a partner see them all the time 24 7 they're your support but they can also be your not so support <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that there <laughs> yeah yeah so what would you do on your days off so you know when when you're when you've got those those long weekends or those days off what would you do to fill in your time um so if I stayed in the community, because uh, during COVID or lockdown, we were locked down in bubbles, um, yep. communities. And so we had a time where we had all our leaves stripped. Ah. And said, There's no leave. You're, you can't leave the community on your leave. You now have your leave at home. Yeah. And we were like, whoa, what do you mean? Mm, yeah <laughs> and we did a about two cycles of that and they changed the working conditions so that we could work three weeks on one week off at home yeah so that we weren't going to get burnt out um thankfully that didn't happen for too long but at that time I did things like taking really long relaxing baths and I got into things that I wouldn't normally get into like that married at first sight show <laughs> I don't know why it was all the craze so we'd actually invite each other over to each other's houses and talk about, oh, my gosh, um, look at this and talking about this. And that was real bonding. So even though we saw this, I would see people every day, we would still forget about all that and yeah. hang out and watch Married at First Sight, um, which, was, which was really nice. I also did things like cooking from scratch, um, planning holidays was probably one of my biggest things. Yeah. Um, and then um, also camping, like taking the time after the um, being there for some time, taking the time to really start to explore the area. Well, what's this on this map? And um, why? What, what's the story with this train station? You know, um, who lives there? Like starting to be more curious about where I actually was. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what would be your top tips? If someone's thinking of joining the remote work, they mightn't be as brave just to convince the university to send them to Alice Springs <laughs> what would be your top tips if they were were keen on joining the rural or remote workforce uh not to sound like an ad but you just don't know until you go you know, it's you don't and it might not be for you yeah as well and that's okay um I hear you know you do hear stories of nurses and they get to a community and then they leave yeah that day the next day and I think oh my what happened you know but sometimes it just you know when you kind of fit or can click or can work somewhere and other times you just know you can't it's just it's, would, happen. it's, it's like that everywhere isn't it so mm. I would say 
go. And then I'd also say, bring a friend. Yep. It's so nice to share it with somebody and talk to someone who knows you and cares for you and can say, you know, um, I think you were a bit harsh, you know, yep. telling you the truth about who you are or um that's really helpful to have someone reflecting back to you about your work and your practice. Yeah. And I think the final thing is what I did was like a stepped, a stepped approach, which was, although I had gone on that mental health elective on that placement, um, I still wasn't as confident at the beginning. So I went to a rural hospital first, a couple of hours away from my home did a short contracts. Then I moved, I found a place where the doctor was on call 24 seven with us. The way the on call worked was that we had little houses and there was a first nurse on call. Then there was a second nurse on call. And then there was the doctor on call. Okay. Third on yep. call. Yeah. And if you were the second nurse on call, that was really great because you would hardly ever get called. And the doctor would only get called if you had a tr proper emergency happening. Yep. Yep. Um, but that was really supportive because I, if I wasn't sure, I could either call the second nurse or call the doctor. And he was also paid to be on call overnight. So if I'm not sure, I'm going to call him as well or her. Okay. Um, so that was really good for them to build my confidence to say, oh, I think you could have handled that one on your own, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's really nice to hear the feedback. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I jumped into meeting someone at the airport that I didn't know Yeah, <laughs> in, in, in remote. So yeah. um, that would be my three top tips there. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I think um, uh, a few people have said that now to take that stepped approach. And I think that's really clever um, to sort of, and I think as well, um, some others have mentioned being able to say, I've gone too far, that this, like, this is, this is not for me. I need to step back to a more regional area or where, you know, wherever my comfort zone is. And I think, like you said, you know, nurses often, you hear about it, nurses often turn up and get back on the plane and just turn around and go home, you know, and that's okay. That's okay because it's not for everybody. Yeah, I think it's it's good to know your limits, isn't it? Like yeah. I'm very bad at suturing. I just, you know, I just can't work it out because you always have to suture in the middle of the night, it seems like. It's not in the, <laughs> in the daytime. And because it's upside down, I can't do it. So I used to just have um, a, an amazing colleague, a health practitioner, and even if she wasn't working, I'll just call her and say, oh, gosh, I can't do this. <laughs> I just can't suture this, this whatever it was. No worries, Sam, I'll be right there. Yeah. And so she would just, you know, save me. And um, knowing that I had some weaknesses, um, that's just one weakness of many, but that was awesome to know as well. Yeah, yeah. And to oh. know there was no judgment as well. There was yeah. no, you know, oh, what do you mean you can't suit you? You know, like it was just, yeah, okay, I'll come and do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, nurses often would say, well, it's all in the manual. Well, just, just look in the manual and have a look. It's, you know, I can I can see that it's in the manual, but um, sometimes I will bite the bullet. But, yeah, my suturing lines were just never that crash hot, if I'm <laughs> really honest with you. Um, and one final thing oh, I forgot to mention is um, I went through an agency and when you build that rapport with them, they did end up paying for my courses. Okay. So that was really helpful. So it does take time, 
but they ended up paying, you know, for the big, those big ticket courses, the remote, um, remote emergency course and pediatric emergency. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, so I am considering going out remote again and thinking, oh yeah, how can I get my courses back up? Because they expire after a few, after two years. Or so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good to know. Cause I wasn't aware that um, agencies would, would support you to be able to do that. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really cool. You have to build that relationship. It's a good question a good, to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a good saleswoman, but for some reason I can get <laughs> some, <laughs> some things, which is, which is good to share with others. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good tip. That's a good tip for people to, you know, make sure you know what's, what's in your contract and what support you get. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Sam. I've, uh, I've, Really appreciated you coming on board and sharing your story and you know telling us about the clinical trials. That was really interesting. I'm um, I'm really intrigued now. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we get to chat again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. this has sparked your interest and you'd like some more information about this episode or perhaps how to take the leap and explore rural and remote nursing you can contact me and check out my website anurseoutwear.com.au or follow me on facebook and instagram by searching for a nurse outwear remember like subscribe and share them with your friends <laughs>